Hello everyone, this is the Africa As We Know It podcast. This is episode 9. I am Gerald, I'm back with you after a short break. And uh, for those of you that may have forgotten what this uh, podcast is about, um, basically we take a look at important stories that took place on the African continent for the past week. And uh, we just uh, provide our own summary you know, of um, the important events and just give our own our own um, thoughts, ideas, analysis um, on the particular um, issues you know that have occurred on African continent um, over the past week, and uh, this week has been interesting. Like every other week in Africa, there's um, election fever. I like to call it on the continent. Uh, we have um, we had presidential elections in Rwanda. Um, on Friday the 4th of August and uh, once again the incumbent president Paul Kagame um, he won the elections in a landslide so basically he's been elected to another um, seven-year term so um, now Rwanda is a very interesting uh, country Paul Kagame he's been president since 2000 so that's uh, 17 years already and you know, while reports indicate that the economic conditions in the country are improving, you know, there have been some concerns about human rights abuses. You know, reportedly, um, the activities of opposition members, um, journalists, and human rights activists have been curtailed um, in the country. You know, so in in a sense, and these are you know what the reports are indicating that there's a there's a sense there's a sense of fear. Um, um, in, in, in Rwanda and all the control you know rests in the president and the ruling party you know so you know like my take on this whole um, the elections in Rwanda is you know the people of Rwanda they have a right you know to elect their own leaders you know and my thing is I mean if elections are held in a free and fair manner you know then Rwandans will get the the leader they want you know, but when you are getting reports, you know, of um, opposition candidates being intimidated, you know, and um, basically uh, there's an environment in which anyone who is opposed to the president doesn't get the, the platform to put on a credible um, campaign, you know, then you know that the election is not going to be um, free and free and fair. You know, um, during the election campaign, you know, there was a, I read reports of a female candidate who was, was pretty credible and who some thought that she may have, you know, some chance um, in the elections. Well, at some point during her campaign, um, she was disqualified for some reasons that, you know, um, some analysts and people watching the situation in Rwanda, they thought that these reasons were politically unmotivated. You know, so uh, it's it's uh, it, it's it's bothersome to me. It's bothersome to me because you know, like when you have one leader that has been in power for for so long, like I mentioned, you know, Paul Kagame, he's been around for seventeen years, and yes, you know, like I said before, you know, there have been some positive developments in the country, you know, but my whole thing is we you need or any society I feel needs presidential term limits 
you know because you cannot tell me that one person in charge has all the answers has all the ideas and is always gonna um, do the right thing you know by the people you know so I feel like when you have presidential term limits you get an opportunity for new people to come in with fresh ideas and impact the country in other ways that the you know the current president you know or the current leadership may not be able to you know so I feel it's imperative you know that at some point and it's not just Rwanda you know but there are some other African countries where you have people that have been in charge for a long time I think it's very 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 important that you know the the old crop you know um, bow out at some at some point you know and make room for a new generation of leaders the world is changing you know the I mean not to say that um, if you're old you don't have good ideas but it doesn't hurt for younger people to to take on take on leadership roles you know and and, and another and another um, thing is you know so then what happens if if um, you know um, Kagami is not around you know then you know I guess what I'm trying to say is if you've built this this cult you know of leadership around this one individual you know so does it mean that without him the country does not does not thrive you know um, like for me I'm always looking at what next what is the succession you know um, uh, what was the succession plan so then what happens next okay so you know for some reason God forbid Kagami is not around um, so who comes in next are they gonna have the confidence to be able to lead the country in the way it's supposed to be led so um, so these are these these are these are questions you know um, so now so Kagami has been in power for 17 years like I said before um, he, he just recently just yesterday he won another seven-year term you know so by the time his by the time this current presidential term is over he would have been in power for what um, 24 years you know that's you know that's 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 too long you know that's too long so it's in the best interest of Rwanda and Rwandans you know to to create that democratic space you know for you know for you know in, in their country you know so that they will be able you know to um, to continue on the economic progress that they are you know that you know that they are currently undertaking right now you cannot put everything in the in the hands of one man and president kagami will be doing a disservice to his country if he keeps things going you know this way you know because at some point the, bu the bubble is going to burst so then what next you know and it's not good enough to just think about what is going on now and the success we're having now what is it what is this, the landscape going to look like in in 10 years in 20 years you know so you need to start planting the seeds of democracy now you know so that in 20 years you'll be able to see the fruits of your labor and um so that's why it was worrying this past week um there was a an announcement from the u.s state department you know that they are considering scrubbing you know one of their programs which promotes um democracy you know across you know across the world you know like one of the major pillars of of the u.s and the state department is to to ensure that you know democratic principles 
you know, are being adhered to, you know, all over the world, you know, and with this new Trump administration in, they are looking at this program and they are trying to, um, I guess, in a sense, get rid of that major, that major um, program, and I'm mean, in a way, you know, like I, I, I think for me, I, it's a, it's a fifty-fifty thing, you know, like the way I look at it, you know, because yes, I understand, um, you know, um, like being being an African and being from Africa, I feel we should, we should, we should be able, African countries should be able to determine, you know, the path that they want to take. You know, in terms of running their, you know, their own countries, you know. So, in 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 one aspect, I can see, I can see the positive um, aspect of, you know, of 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 um, not having, you know, this U.S. Um, U.S. program, you know, trying to promote um, U.S. values or American values or democratic values or principles, you know, to other countries. So I understand, you know, allow people to. Um, to determine you know how they want to run their own affairs you know but at the same time if african countries or african leaders are not doing right by their people you know there are some instances where the external pressure is necessary yeah and i know some some will argue that hey well you know it's not like you know the u.s is is the most democratic um system and you know they've they've done certain things in different places yeah i understand all those arguments the united states of america is not perfect you know but for many years it's been the only country with a clout you know that um with enough clout to pressure you know people that or to, to pressure countries that were not doing right by their people so if this program does not exist you know then i feel that African leaders that do not have the interests, the best interests of their people, you know, in mind, you know, when they are carrying out their affairs, will just continue, and and basically they will be in charge forever, and and the democratic uh, principles in all those countries will be weakened, you know. So, you know, I understand. I understand. Um, where this is coming from, you know, the State Department considering scrubbing this um, democratic promotion um, mission, you know, but you know, I, I, I hope it's it's done on a case by case, you know, basis. There are going to be certain countries that still need to be pressured, you know, and I feel bad saying this. I feel bad saying this because, like, I am, I am very, um, you know, of the mindset that, you know, like I said, leave the affairs of. Of um, Africans, of Africa to Africans, you know that 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 that, that is my you know that is my um, one of my core beliefs, my core principles, you know. But you know at the same time, I understand, you know, why why you know there may be instances where you need to put some pressure, you know, on some African leaders, you know. And it's it's it's, it's um and I I've talked about this many times on this on this podcast it's quite unfortunate that you have some african leaders that are in their leadership roles just for themselves and not for their people and they do not cre- create an environment where um where um democracy can thrive where free press you know can you know can you know can thrive and grow where um civil you know civil um civil rights groups or or human rights groups 
civil civil society groups that's what i was trying to say civil society groups you know can you know can flourish and actually um, provide services that um, impact our communities and our people you know so when you have those leaders i feel these types of democratic programs these missions um, from the u.s state department they come in handy you know because the u.s says what well, you know guess what you don't treat your people better we are going to um we're not going to release funds for such and such program you know so you better get with the program you better do this you better do that you know so i understand that you know but now when when these these programs are being used you know to to pressure countries you know for the wrong reasons and then i also have a problem with that you know so i think it's a case by case um situation you know and i think that's how which it needs to be it needs to be looked at but you know, but it, it's 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 um it's a very very interesting, very interesting issue, you know. Um, so, um, I'll I'll continue, you know, to to um, watch how things go in uh, Rwanda, and uh, uh, I'll follow the new presidential term of uh, Paul Kagame, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to continue on the path that he's already been on, um, creating, um, developing Rwanda and. Uh, trying his best to you know to do good things for his people you know but we cannot neglect the fact that people are concerned about his human rights record uh, record his um his abuse of his reported or alleged you know abuse of 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 journalists you know of uh civil society groups you know all those um situations are are troubling you know so so we'll continue to pay um, attention to all of those issues. You know, I mentioned um, election fever um, in Africa, and uh, another major election that is on the horizon is the Kenya um, general elections. So that's taking place um, on 8th August, which is um, next week. So in addition to um, governor, governor and um, other local races, there's a presidential contest that's taking place between the the current president Uhuru um, Kenyatta and uh, leader of the main opposition party, and that is um, Raila um, Odinga. You know, so the stakes in these um, elections are really high, really, really, really high. Um, there's a general sentiment among. Um, Raila Odinga's supporters, you know, that this current election, the 2017 election, is his last um, opportunity to win the presidency. So Odinga, he's currently 72 years old, and he has run unsuccessfully for president in 2007 and also in 2013. And in both elections, you know, the previous elections, 2007 and 2013, his supporters believe that the votes were rigged against um, Odinga. You know, so another election loss is likely, you know, to increase um, the distrust, the distrust that already exists um, of um, Kenya's electoral system. And it may trigger violent protests and clashes. You know, so, you know, the stakes, like I said before, the stakes in this um, election um, are really, really high. And um, on the uh, incumbent side, on uh, 
Kenyatta, Yuhu Kenyatta, um, he's um, he's also he has a lot to prove. You know, he's trying to um, secure his second presidential term, and um, his supporters, of course, they don't want him to be a one-term president. You know, so all these all these factors they contribute to a tense and uh, and fragile security environment, which could easily boil over into a conflict. And this, of course, no one wants wants that to happen. I'm sure you will you will you will recall, um, or if you don't know, um, after the election of um, in 2007 in Kenya, um, there were clashes, heavy clashes, um, and uh, this resulted in the death of at least um, 1,300 people, and a lot of people were displaced. You know, so so you know, like I said, the stakes are really high in these in these elections. And to add to the tension, uh, I uh, I read this week that the person who is in charge of the the computerized voting system, you know, that they are using for this year's election, the the, the guy who was in charge of, of 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 running that whole system was found dead um, in an area on the outskirts on the outskirts of Nairobi um, this past week. And he's believed to be to have been tortured, and so far no suspects have been arrested. You know, so like when you have things like this happening, like no one has been arrested. We don't know why this individual was, um, you know, was uh, was killed. You know, but a lot of people suspect that it has something to do with the elections. So it's being investigated. You know, why would the person in charge of of the IT infrastructure behind these these elections, um, be be um, abducted, um, tortured, and murdered. You know that's um, that leaves a lot of questions unanswered. So um, this is um, this is something that you know I will be following. You know, and I will you know give an update on the election um, next week during next week's um, podcast. So so like I said, election fever. Um, in Africa, Rwandan, Rwanda, they had their election. It's done. That was on the fourth of August. Um, President Kagame he retained his his office. He he has another seven year term. And on eighth of August, we are going to see, you know, what's gonna happen um, in Kenya. So um, I will I will provide an update on that um, next week. So now let's move on. You know to to another headline that has been um, been um, grabbing my attention and for the past few months uh, I've always wanted to talk about it on on the podcast but I never really had um, I never really had the opportunity you know to to talk about it but it's about a worm that has been attacking um, crops across across the uh, across sub-saharan africa and this worm it's called the fall the fall army worm and it's been attacking maize crop um in sub-saharan africa and it is believed that this worm made its way to africa from from uh the american state of florida or possibly islands in the in the caribbean you know so so far the countries that have been impacted include nigeria Ghana, South Africa, Ethiopia, 
South Sudan and most recently I, I saw another headline just yesterday that uh, it may be impacting uh, maize crop um, in Burkina Faso also so now reports that, are, that, that I was reading suggest that the worm may have first appeared in Africa in early 2016 and um, it says that it invades a maize field it can invade a maize field and it eats more than 30% of um, of the maize crop so you know this is this is this is a problem because it seems that it seemed that this um, this issue just arose you know out of out of out of the blue so now African countries are scrambling um, to figure out you know how to how to deal with with this onslaught you know, I was reading some reports um, the other day that in Ghana, um, they are even considering importing a maize from other countries. You know, because you know the a lot of a lot of farmers have lost you know their crop yield you know for you know for the year. You know, so now you know there are concerns about how you know they are going to um, you know um, provide. Uh, maize crop in the markets and for feeding and all of that stuff. So it's it, it's um it's gradually becoming gradually becoming an an issue. And um, apparently the weather conditions in sub-Saharan Africa are very conducive, you know, for this for this um crop uh, for sorry for this worm, you know, to you know to thrive, you know. So it 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 lives in warm warm moist conditions, you know. And sub-Saharan Africa, I mean, as as most of you know, you know the weather conditions stay warm, you know all the time. So um, the atmosphere, um, the environment is very conducive for, you know, for for this worm um, to thrive. And uh, you know, um, it says that the worm is defenseless in cold weather. You know, but of course, you're not going to get cold weather in Africa. So, so again. You know, weather conditions are just perfect you know for you know for the for the worm to thrive so now the question is what can be done what can be done so thankfully the USAID um, is currently providing training and technical services technical assistance actually um, you know to to counter the, the, the devastation that this worm um, is causing um, on the continent and um, an example you know of countries that have been successful in fighting this worm include uh, Brazil you know and they reportedly spend 600 million dollars a year you know in trying to to control the insect you know so so that's that so that's one program you know African countries can learn you know from the program in Brazil and uh, and uh, take the same steps the same measures that they are you know, taken in Brazil, you know, it's and 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 from the amount of money, I mean, to to spend six hundred million dollars, you know, on um, on fighting this worm, that's a lot of money, you know, that's close to the expenditure some African countries, you know, have, you know, on a yearly basis. So, um, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of need for um, international assistance, you know, in uh, in fighting the 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 impact of of this worm. You know in some of these sub-saharan african countries and uh another thing another measure that is being heavily promoted is the inspection of of foods that arrive 
from outside the African continent into into Africa. You know, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, there there's a lot of suspicion that the worm entered the African entered Africa um, from the United States or even the Caribbean. You know, and um, if the food is not properly inspected when it comes in, either at the airports or at the port, you know, then you have, you know, the risk, you know, having some of these um, pests and rodents and worms coming into your country and and impacting imp- impacting your agricultural sector. So, so that's a, that that that's a it's a major it's a major problem. It hasn't reached the point of a crisis yet, you know, but. The reports that I'm reading suggest that African countries are concerned and they are still trying to figure out how best to control how best to control um, the spread of this worm and the thing is when you harvest when you harvest the maize like just by looking at it you cannot tell that it's been it's been impacted or affected by the worm because the worm is able to to um live within within the the cob you know of 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 uh, you know of the maze of the maze plant you know so it's in there so basically it's, it's not like it's just lying on top of it where you can just take it off and still sell like it actually makes it way into the core you know of you know of the you know of the of the crop you know and basically you know once it's it's borrowed it borrowed in there um, it's it's almost impossible to to get out. So there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, waste. You have to throw the whole crop away, and and that's what farmers farmers are struggling with, you know. So so this continues to be continues to be a major issue, you know. So um, you know, like the other stories I mentioned earlier, I'll be following um, this also, and just to see what measures are taken to ensure that this doesn't grow to become a major issue you know because um food security is already a major concern um in many african countries you know and uh you know we unfortunately um import a lot of our food you know which 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 is unfortunate you know when you think about all the land you know that we have um in africa you know all the arable land and you know the vegetation and everything we shouldn't we shouldn't have to import anything most especially food you know so when we try to take attempts or take steps you know to improve our agricultural sector and then we are hit by you know by things such as the the fall army worm you know then it 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 really you know really causes major major issues you know so you know i implore african nations to take this seriously and really invest you know in in measures in countermeasures you know that will eradicate you know this issue we shouldn't wait until it becomes a full-blown crisis um, before trying to figure out what we do next so uh um, i'll be following this issue very very closely um and lastly, I would like to um, just thank all of you, you know, for out there listening. I know it's like I said earlier; it's been it's been a while since I I did the podcast. I am still 
I'm working on my on the format you know that I want to you know to use during this podcast I have so many ideas you know of the things that you know that I want to do with this you know but for now um, you know this this is it you know basically just sharing sharing with you issues stories that I find um, interesting and uh, or things that are on my mind you know and just to just to just to share with with the listeners out there so please continue listening you know I'll be back again um, next week with another episode thanks again for listening